the readings from Romans 6, chapter 6, and it's 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in death, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this week we are um, looking at this all together with children in with us rather than down in their groups. And I can't think of a better occasion for the whole church to be together, young and old, uh, whatever other distinctions between us. There's no better Sunday for us to be all together than a baptism Sunday because baptism holds us all together uh, within uh, the, the community of God's people. And so allow me to pray as we come to this passage and think about the meaning of baptism this morning. Father God, we we thank you and we praise you that you are a speaking God, that every time we open up your word and listen to it, you are speaking to us. So please, this morning, would it strike us afresh? Would your spirit be at work as we think about these verses and their meaning for us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Young ones, children, I wonder if you could tell me what this is. Can you see it? What is this? What is this? It's a ring? Do you know? What is this? What's the ring for? What's it mean? 
What kind of ring is this? A wedding ring. Oh, it's a wedding ring. Okay. So what, what does a, a wedding ring, what, what is it a sign of? Is it a sign that we believe in God? Well, not exactly. What, what is a wedding ring a sign of? Sorry? A promise. Uh, Rob is making a joke. I'm sure it's inappropriate to share with the rest of the church. Um, it, a wedding ring is a sign of promises made when somebody is married, right? Now, if I take this ring and I put it on, could I have your hand? If I put this ring on your finger, does, does, that mean, does that mean that you're married? Congratulations, I didn't know. Oh, she's taken it off already. If, if you put a wedding ring on somebody's finger, does that make them married? No, of course not. The ring is a sign of what happens in the marriage ceremony itself, right? It's not the ring that makes somebody married. It's the, the marriage that makes somebody married, and the ring is a sign of it. Now, baptism is a lot like a wedding ring. It's the sign of something promised. It's, in baptism, water, rather than a ring, is the outward and visible sign of a promise of what God is doing inside his people spiritually. And that is what our key verse this morning uh, tells us in cha uh, chapter 6, verse 4. Our key verse is right there. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new resurrection life. So what is baptism a sign of? What is it a sign of, according to this verse? Death, okay? So we're here to celebrate a death this morning, a, a death of the old and a new life uh, being raised up. Baptism is a sign of death and resurrection, or to put it in other words, baptism is a sign of what happens when Jesus saves his people. So let's see if we can understand that. Now, according to the Bible, the consequences of sin, well, there are consequences, first of all. We need to know there are consequences for sin. When you're at school and you do something naughty in class, are there consequences for that? Yeah, of course there are. We all know that. And, and at work, if you just refuse to do your job and you mouth off to the boss, are there consequences for that? Adults? Yeah, of course there are. Of course there are. We know that there are consequences if you punch a classmate or if you don't do your work. And according to the Bible, there's a consequence for sin. And what is sin? Well, this mnemonic this way of remembering what sin is, I think, is very helpful for children and adults alike. Because we might think of sin as like the naughty thing I shouldn't do, and that's not the whole of sin. The problem with sin is what we're saying to God in sin. And so a way of remembering is to think of it S-I-N. Shove off, God. I'm in charge. 
no to your rules. You see? It's a whole attitude of life for us. To say, uh, shove off, I, I don't need you, God. I'm in charge of my own life. Why should I listen to you? No to your rules for me. I make up my own rules in life. That's what sin is. And God says that the consequence of sin is death. Sin is the reason why there is death in the world. Sin separates us from all the good things of life. ruins them. And it even separates us from life itself because God is the source of life. And so when we sin, when we say, shove off God, we say, shove off life itself. And we embrace death. But the Bible tells us that God is so loving. This verse continues in chapter 6, verse 23. God is so loving and so good that he made a way for his people to be saved from sin and its consequences. He did it through Jesus. Jesus, uh, you see, never sinned. He never deserved death. He never earned that wage. And yet Jesus did die on the cross. So why was that? It doesn't make sense if the wages of sin is death, but Jesus never sinned and he died. How does that make sense? Well, he died to take the punishment that you and I deserve for our sin. The wages that we've earned, he accepted so that he could give us the wages that he's earned. And what has he earned? The free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That is what he earned. And that is what he gives his people. And baptism is the visible sign that Jesus gave that preaches this message. When we see a person go under the water, it's like they're being buried in the grave in death. And when they rise up out and gasp for breath, I won't hold you under very long, uh, Nicole or or Josiah, but uh, when they they come out, that is a a symbol, a sign of new life, resurrection from the dead. All Christian people are united with Jesus in his death. He paid the penalty for our sin. And when they're raised out of the water, it's a sign of how all Christian people are united with Jesus in his resurrection. He gives us the reward of his righteousness. Baptism is a sign with a message. Now, uh, what do these signs, we're going to look at a few signs. You tell me what they mean. What do they communicate about the owner? What is this sign? Well, let's avoid politics. Just tell me, at the, the bare minimum, what does this sign mean about the owner? Legal authority to use force? Okay, yeah. Even before we get to what their authority is, it's, it, it makes them what? Or, or it shows that they are a what? A policeman, right. So, or, or a policewoman, of course, gender-inclusive in the police force. Uh, so it, it shows that they are a policeman or a policewoman. Now, does the badge itself make somebody a policeman or a policewoman? It, it, they have to earn it. They have to go through 
training. It's a sign of their authority, but it doesn't give them the authority. Otherwise, I could wear a badge like that, and I could give you a fine, and you would have to pay me. I'll try it later today and see if the sign gives me the thing it signifies. The badge signifies that a person is trained and has the power of the government backing them. Next. I don't know if there's an equivalent in, uh, the, in Hong Kong, but certainly on the underground in the UK, you would see this symbol being worn by uh, some ladies. Um, what does it mean? Pregnant. Please, can I, well, yes, in a way it means give me your seat. You lug, get out of the seat so I can sit down. Uh, and so does this badge, if, if you wore this badge, would it, would it make you pregnant? No, thankfully not. No, it, it, it's something that you wear that shows an internal reality. It's real that you're pregnant, but it doesn't make you that. Lastly, a poison label. What does this tell us when we see this symbol on something? What does it tell us? Stay away, danger, it's poisonous. Now the label, it doesn't make something poisonous. If I put this on a bottle of milk, that doesn't mean it's full of arsenic. But Normally, it's on the outside of a bottle that you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't open, you shouldn't touch, right? And baptism is the same kind of sign with the message. Baptism doesn't make someone a Christian. Water doesn't save anyone from anything at all. It's just water. Only faith in Jesus saves us. But baptism declares to the world that God has promised to unite his people with the Lord Jesus. It reminds us that God has made his promise to a specific group of people. God, God hasn't just united everybody with Jesus. He's united a specific group, and that is the church, Christian people. The, the community of all the baptized are united with Jesus. And it reminds us that God has made... Um, these promises to anyone who will take them up by faith. It encourages anyone who's not yet a Christian to put their faith in Jesus and to be given new life in him. And so when, when we baptize Nicole today, when we baptize Josiah today, that is a declaration to both of them in a physical sort of way that these promises of God are to you. And God will be faithful to these promises. That whether we've already taken hold of them, as Nicole has done, she's an adult, she's able to say, yes, this is what I believe. Or whether like Josiah, he's not yet able to say, yes, this is what I believe. But when he takes hold of them by faith, as he will be raised to do, as he will be taught to do, when he takes hold of them by faith, all these promises will be true of him. Do you see? And actually, I think even more surprisingly, even if someone rejects these promises and says, I don't want Jesus to be united to me, well, baptism declares 
that God's saving promises are still true. So even if uh, somebody who's been baptized, whether as an adult or a child, walks away from the faith, baptism was still a day on which God's promises were declared to that person and to all who saw it. God is faithful to his promises. He will keep them. And so their rejection or acceptance makes uh, no difference to whether God will be faithful to his promise. As surely as water cleanses us on the outside, union with Jesus cleanses his people from the stain of sin. And because the promise of salvation in Jesus is life-changing, sorry, because it's true, it's life-changing. And that's the last point I want you to see from these verses. Verse 6, For if we've been united to him in a death like his, he will certainly also be, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, and there should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Before we come to faith in Jesus, we have no choice but to live in sinful rebellion against God. It's like we are the crew on a certain kind of ship. I wonder if you can see, uh, who are these? What are these? They're, They're wearing an earring. They're wearing an eye patch. Do you recognize those? What are these? Pirates? I hear whispers of pirates. And pirates are uh, people, who will, um, people who will steal from other ships that they shouldn't steal from. And so before baptism, before we come to faith in the Lord Jesus, actually, because it's the faith that saves, It's like we're the crew on a pirate ship. We're sailing under this flag, the Jolly Roger. When you see this flag out on the high seas, you're scared. And you know, we might work very hard. So this pirate might be very nice to this pirate. They might get on really, really well. Uh, They might show love and concern for each other. When this one's sick, this one cares for him. And, And they always treat each other honestly. They always do their best in every sort of way. And yet, they're still sailing under this banner. And the whole trajectory of their lives is one of uh, being pirates, of rejecting the right authority of the king. But baptism is a sign of what happens when we come to faith in Jesus. We die to a life of sinful rebellion, and we're raised to a new life of service to the true king. The the sign of the Jolly Roger goes down. The sign of the cross comes up. And so therefore, uh, whatever we do on that new ship that we're on, we we change ships, we're we're on this new one under the sign of the cross, whatever we do, even if I'm sometimes not very nice to people, you know, even if I sometimes have doubt in my heart towards God, even if I sometimes do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, I'm still on the right ship. I'm still flying under the right banner. God is still the rightful authority in my life. And therefore, the king treats me with more and more grace when I fail. When our our fellow crewmates, our fellow Christians on the ship hurt us, 
we're able to forgive them and treat them with the grace that we've received, knowing that we're serving the same master. And we could go on and on with that metaphor, but the reality is that the new life is not like the old. Everything changes. No one who puts their faith in the promises of God can ever be the same. And baptism is the sign that declares that miraculous transformation. So would you be free of power, uh, of the power of sin? Would that be something you would like? Then believe in Jesus and be baptized. Would you be among those God has promised to give eternal life? Then believe in Jesus and, and be baptized. Would you have God's faithfulness shown to you and to your children, and to a thousand generations of your descendants. Is that something you would like? Then believe in Jesus and be baptized. His promises are to you and to your children. And if you've already been baptized, whether as a child or as an adult, then know that God's promises are to you. You have died with Jesus to sin. You have been raised with Jesus to eternal life. So offer yourselves to God as those who've been raised from death to life. And give thanks to God that he's still raising more people up day by day, week by week, and the life of Nicole, the life of Josiah, is a testimony to that today. God is raising people up. So let's pray. We'll sing one more song, and then we'll go... And we'll baptize these folks, and it'll be great. Father God, we thank you that it is by faith we are saved through uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is your grace that saves us. And thank you that you declare that to us in the scriptures. Thank you that you declare that to us in baptism, that you declare that to all of us here present today. And I pray uh, that those who are are part of your church, have been welcomed in already, would stand firm on those promises today. And I pray that those who are not yet part of your people, haven't yet been welcomed in, that their hearts would, would yearn for that union with Jesus, to know your forgiveness and your grace. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.